Tim didn't. Hello. So usually after lunch people fall asleep. So uh, we're going to provide some light entertainment. No cover charge. Just sharing a few things uh, with you. Uh, we've encountered little insights, little poetry. And... Uh, I'll start with this from Maurice Sendak, the author of Where the Wild Things Are. He tells a story about a boy who wrote to him, quote, he sent me a charming card with a drawing. I loved it. I answer all my children's letters, sometimes hastily, but this one I lingered over. I sent him a postcard and I drew a picture of a wild thing on it. I wrote, dear Jim, I loved your card. Then I got a letter back from his mother, and she said, Jim loved your card so much he ate it. <laughs> that, to me, was one of the highest compliments I've ever received. He didn't care that it was an original drawing or anything. He saw it, he loved it, he ate it. Here's a little perspective. All parts of the earth are built over, trampled, full of commerce. Farms and fields drive back the forests. Even rocks are cultivated. Swamps are drained. Today's towns outnumber yesterday's houses. Everywhere on earth are residences and peoples and governments. And human growth now so clogs the world it can barely support us. And as our needs increase, we struggle with each other for them and nature fails us. That was written by the Roman historian Terulian in 150 AD. <laughs> we keep surviving. Um, 
I'd like to say a few things about life. We try to put a good face on it. Make out that life is beautiful, serves some higher purpose. But it, it, you could also have a somewhat negative view of it. I've been struggling with that my whole life. I now consider myself a cynic in recovery. <laughs> it's not to say there aren't things to be cynical about. There are. There's uh, humanity, and civilization, religion, politics, commerce. But the main thing that you might grow negative about are the facts of life themselves. So as a sort of group therapy, let's go through the facts of life together. First of all, you didn't ask to be born. Or at least you don't remember asking. Sometime in early childhood, you kind of wake up, damn, I'm in a life. You don't get to choose the fact that you're born with a very powerful survival instinct. So you didn't ask to be born and you really don't want to die. It's like nature's trapped you in this, in this life. You don't get to choose who you're going to be. You don't get to choose the body you will inhabit. I don't remember a catalog of choices being offered. Would you like eyes in the front and the back? Would you like to swim, fly, or walk as your primary means of locomotion? No, you just get the standard issue, mid-sized mammal, vertebrate, big forebrain. You don't get to choose your personality. The geneticists say we're all born with a particular temperament to be novelty-seeking or reward-dependent or uh, shy. Or, and, and the psychologists say whatever part of our personality isn't set at birth will be firmly in place long before we have any choice in the matter in early childhood, which brings us to the fact that we don't get to choose our parents, the dear ones who will set a lifelong neurosis for us. <laughs> so we don't get to choose our body. We don't get to choose our personality. We're not free to be ourselves. We're forced to be ourselves. And then you have to keep feeding this body a few times a day. That means you have to work type or think or schlep or something and uh, every time you get out of bed in the morning you have to fight gravity with every step you take you have to fight gravity and you're not told exactly why you're here or exactly what you're supposed to be doing while you're here you're given just enough consciousness to know that you do exist and that someday you will die which you very much don't want to do these are the facts of life as Wavy Gravy says, if you don't have a sense of humor, it's just not funny. <laughs> uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche put it well. He said, God's only excuse is that he doesn't exist. <laughs> and then, of course, there's aging. I never really understood aging at all until my body started to explain it to me. First, my eyes spoke up. Mr. Nisker, we're, we've just about seen enough. We're tired of staring at beautiful sunsets and beautiful women, and we're taking the focusing muscles and receptors and going into semi-retirement. 
then my bowels spoke up. They'd been speaking to me my whole life, but they began to sing a different tune. Nisker, we're tired of your crap. We're tired of pushing it around down here. A couple shitloads a day. We're going on a work slowdown. And then my bladder spoke up. Tried to be nice. Explained to me. You know, Wes, you go over to a sink and you turn on the faucet and there's a washer broke in there. The water comes out sideways or in a spray and then you can't turn it all the way off. Well, we got a washer broke down here and you better not expect to get a good night's sleep till your next life. And then my testicles spoke up, of course. Hey, man. We've created a lot of sperm down here over the years, enough to populate an entire galaxy with your offspring. We know you've wasted a lot of it, too. Maybe you better start seriously practicing Tantra or take robes or something, because we're running out of juice. And then my memory spoke up. Had two words for me. Forget it. (laughs) Just freaking forget it. It's not a pretty picture, particularly. Uh, uh, someone I read, I read somewhere, as we age, our soft parts grow harder and our hard parts grow softer. Some of you of a certain age may have noticed uh, certain little brown spots appearing on your skin recently. That's nature's way of marking you as part of the next group to be taken. (laughs) Anyway, to put it more succinctly, the cat in the hat on aging. I cannot see, I cannot pee, I cannot chew. I cannot screw. Oh my God, what can I do? My memory shrinks. My hearing stinks. No sense of smell. I look like hell. My mood is bad. Can you tell? My body's drooping. I have trouble pooping. The golden years have come at last. The golden years can kiss my ass. (laughs) That kind of sums it up. Kind of sums it up. One more on the sweet side. It's a poem by Nanao Sakaki, who is kind of like the Gary Snyder of Japan. A poem called Break the Mirror. In the morning after taking a cold shower, what a mistake. I look at the mirror. There's this funny guy, gray hair, white beard, wrinkled skin, What a pity. He's not me, absolutely not. Land and life, fishing in the ocean, sleeping in the desert with stars, building a shelter in the mountains, farming the ancient way, singing with coyotes, fighting against nuclear war. I'll never be tired of life. Now I'm 17 years old, a very charming young man. I sit down quietly in lotus position, meditating. Suddenly a voice comes to me to stay young, to save the world, break the mirror. Sweet.
Well, two more really tiny ones, two more. Uh, the haiku poets, uh, haiku, my favorite haiku poet is Kobayashi Isa, who often wrote his poetry about other species of life and sometimes two other species of life. And uh, for instance, he writes, where there are humans, you'll find flies and Buddhas. I'm going out, flies. Relax. Make love. One human being, one fly in a large room. Mosquito at my ear, does it think I'm deaf? Oh, owl, make some other face. It's springtime. And my two favorites. In these latter-day degenerate times, cherry blossoms everywhere. This world of ours, walking on the roof of hell, gazing at flowers. So, that's your afternoon entertainment. (laughs) There's more. More to come. All right. You know, we have one more poem, actually, on your um, wisdom of aging discussion questions. On the back, actually, there are two poems. I don't know if you've heard the, the Rumi poem, The Guest House. Yeah, familiar with that? I thought that was, I think that is such a, that's a nice poem for the aging experience. This being human is a guest house every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. like that attitude <laughs> and, the, and Shakespeare too it's, I just always love that quote from the Tempest anyway ready for a little Feldenkrais lesson Another? did you have fun with your transitions at lunch good <laughs> okay we're going to um, do another lesson we'll do one that's sitting It'll play with the themes that we played with this morning. So everybody just stand up. And feel the way you make contact with your feet. It's one of the things you can keep doing fairly regularly in your life is to notice what your contact through your feet is like and how that's affecting your sense of perception, your surroundings, the way it affects your eyes, your orientation. 
So once again, just um, shift a little to the left and a little to the right and notice if there's a difference between the right and the left sides. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. And then gradually reduce the shifting until you're in your neutral center. And when you're in your neutral center, just turn without thinking about it very much, without straining, turn and look to your left. Pick a spot on the wall to notice how far you turn. Turn and look to the right. Be sure you're not clasping your hands. Let them hang at your sides. And just notice what's your marker for how far you can easily turn, not pressing anywhere. Okay, and come back to the center. Have a seat, but this time when you sit down, um, sit a little bit forward in your chair so your back is not up against the back of the chair, if you can, if that feels okay. You're going to be able to rest, um, but just for now, sit a little bit forward so you can free up your back and spine. And while you're sitting, um, feel the way in which you're Sit bones make contact with the surface that you're on. In the same way that you did with your feet, you can feel how you're making contact through your pelvis. And slowly turn a little bit to the left and look and come back and put your hands on your thighs. So turn and look to the left as far as feels comfortable without any straining anywhere in yourself. So if you feel any pulling, straining, you've gone too far. So just turn and look to the left a couple times and then find a spot on the wall that's your marker for how far you're looking. Okay, and come back. So we're going to play with similar themes that we did when we were doing the lesson this morning with turning and lying down. We're playing with a rotation theme. So this time when you turn to go to the left... Keep your eyes looking forward. (laughs) Everything else can turn except your eyes go forward, look forward. So go ahead and do that. And you notice when you do it, some some of you are starting to turn your head like this. (laughs) So what you really want to do is you want to let your head stay vertical as you turn so you can feel a clear rotation through yourself but your eyes are staying, looking forward and coming back. All right, so the size of the movement is unimportant. If you only do a, a tiny 2% turn and come back, but it's vertical, that's good. Yes. And as you do this, of course, continue to breathe. And let your jaw relax. There's no need to clench it. Right? And let your eyes stay focused forward and come back. Yeah, that's it. Now you're all starting to refine your movements. Yeah. And come back again. And now, um, the next time you turn, very consciously, let your eyes track with your head into the movement. So you're actually looking into the direction you're turning. So turn and look to the left and come back again. Just a couple times. And notice how that affects your rotation. And if it's taking you a little bit further, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. 
Doesn't matter. Okay, good. And come back. And now, as we're just going to use the same variations, as you turn your body to go to the left, let your head and eyes turn and look to the right. <laughs> so we're splitting like that, right? And coming back. Now, again, you'll probably notice the tendency of your head to start to, right? So you want to keep it vertical. And just be really clear about the split. One's going in one direction, one's going the other. They're splitting evenly and they're coming back and breathe. You could even do it with a little smile on your face too. Like, whoa. (laughs) Good. Do you feel that? And remember, it doesn't matter if you do it right. You're just experimenting, and it's not serious. Good. A couple times, you have that sense of the split. Okay? And take a moment and just actually sit back in your chair and rest for a second, so you just can rest. And the resting aspect of doing these lessons is really important because the resting allows you to absorb the effects of what you've been doing. Sometimes it's not obvious, but sometimes you'll feel certain changes starting to happen within yourself. And that's what the movement is starting to evoke. So just feeling... Just feeling the whole space of the body sitting. Attuning to your natural rhythm of breathing. Feeling your contact sitting on the chair. Just resting in your natural breath. Come a little bit forward on your chair so your back is not up against the back of the chair. Have your feet flat on the floor. And now adjust your legs so you feel really comfortable with the position of your legs. And have both hands on your thighs. And now we're going to introduce another movement pattern that is more focused with the lower body. So do a slight movement of keep, keep your legs, your feet completely in place. Your feet don't move at all. Your hands are resting in your thighs and you're sliding your right knee a little forward and your left knee a little bit back and then coming back to your starting position. So you're sliding your right knee a little forward, your left knee a little back and coming back to your starting position. Right. So this is harder to do if you're sitting back against your chair because the back of your chair will constrain you. But if you need to, you can. So notice what happens when you slide your right knee forward and your left knee back. Your hands, because they're resting on your thighs, will carry that movement. Do you feel how that affects your shoulders? Right. So your one leg sliding a little forward, the left leg sliding a little back actually starts to orient your shoulders a little bit too. Does everybody feel that? 
Yeah. Do you also feel a slight rotation starting in the base of your spine as you do this? Yes? Doesn't need to be big. Just that slight movement. Right knee and leg sliding a little forward. Left knee and leg coming back. How that creates a slight rotation in your pelvis. Yeah? Okay, come back to your neutral starting position. Now, the next time you do this, without using any effort, you'll feel you're going to slide your right knee forward, right leg forward, left knee, left left thigh back. You'll feel that slight rotation starting in your spine that starts to spiral upwards through you. And you'll naturally feel at some point your head starts to engage and float into the movement. And then as you come back, your head settles back again. So what you're going to do is you're going to slide the right knee forward, left knee back. You'll feel the rotation coming up through yourself and you're going to let your head float into the movement. You're not going to try to turn your head. You're not going to force anything. You're just going to let the movement from your pelvis and spine start to float your head into looking to the left a little. may not be very big, but the head is going to connect with the pelvis and the legs so you're rotating around and starting to come back. So you're going to let the pelvis, the spine, insinuate a direction into your head and your head's going to float into looking to the left slightly and then coming back. Be sure to let your jaw relax and keep breathing as you do this. Right? If you're not breathing, stop, reconnect with your breath and come back and do it. Be sure to look out, not down. Because if you're looking down, it's going to change the dynamic. Yeah, let your eyes track into the movement of going to the left and coming back. So that you begin to feel a coordination between your pelvis, legs, spine, and head floating. Yeah, exactly. Does everybody feel that? doesn't need to be big and come back and rest for a moment. You can sit back against the back of your chair and just absorb the effects of that. And just sense the presence of the body. Sense your natural rhythm of breathing. And just notice if anything's been evoked in your body, any sensations, any awareness. You're just being present as the body at rest. Just resting in the breath. Just absorbing the effects of the movements. Good. And sit forward in your chair. Have your hands on your thighs. Find a comfortable distance for your legs so it's they're comfortable standing upright. Comfortable position for your feet. And now let's coordinate everything. So you're going to initiate the movement by sliding your left knee forward. Sorry, your right knee forward, your left knee back. 
You're going to feel the rotation start and you're actually going to look with your eyes into the direction you're turning and come back again. So launching through your pelvis and legs, letting the rotation spread upwards into your upper body, turning and looking without any forcing, and then letting them all come back to the neutral starting position. And harmonize that with your breathing. Right? Now notice, as you do this, are you trying to force it at all by using your neck and head a little bit extra to tug yourself around? Is anybody doing that? It wouldn't be uncommon because we often power our movements through our neck. We don't use our pelvis, which is really the power center in the body for doing this. So if you're using your head and neck to go, "Mm," (laughs) right, drop that and really just let your head float through the movement of your pelvis so you feel the rotation spiraling up through you right into your eyes and then let it all go and come back. The size of the movement's unimportant. It's that quality of coordination through yourself with the breathing and coming back. Good? Got it? Let's add one more variation to this. So now, what is the variation? Interlace your fingers. Take a look at your hands. Notice which index finger is in the front and put the other index finger in the front. Why do that? It breaks a habitual pattern. That's going to change the dynamic in your body. With these interlaced, if it's comfortable for you, put your hands around your base of your skull, your neck, your head, wherever feels comfortable. Let your shoulders adjust accordingly. And now... Launch your right knee and leg forward, left knee and leg back, and let your head be totally passive and let your elbows and arms follow your pelvis and legs and come back together. And so now, sense, because your head is passive, which parts of yourself are additionally getting into this rotation. Can you feel other parts of yourself? Like your ribs. (laughs) Does everybody feel how your ribs are getting into it? Yeah, so we don't typically use our ribs for these types of rotation movements, but because the ribs are such a big structure, why not? They're a very large bony structure that's well suited for this. And harmonize it with your breathing. One more time and look with your eyes into the direction, but let your head be passive and come back. And put your hands down. Just absorb it for a second. And then the next time that you turn, I'd like you to get a sense of the inner timing of how you want to do that. So you might feel you're sitting here and a sort of momentum internally gathering to do a turn. It's very interesting, our own rhythm for taking action. When you feel it, let yourself get on board and just do the rotation and look into the direction and come back. So you're going to, and again, initiate through your right knee going forward, left knee coming back, feel the spiral, let everything turn and look. Notice if there's been an improvement. Go ahead, try it. Hands on thighs, right knee slides forward, left knee slides back, feeling the ribs turn, letting the head float into the movement and looking, coming back.
Feel it? Has anything improved? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, so that's that rotation. And now, just once or twice without trying to think about it, do anything at all, you hear somebody calling your name from the left. Just go ahead and turn and look and come back. Anything change in the way you look? Now, imagine it's somebody you've really been looking forward towards seeing and you're super curious to make contact. And so you hear them calling your name and you're just like, whoa, and come back. Do you feel that? So you can bring your emotions, your curiosity into powering your movements as well. Now imagine that something is going on over there. It's a noise that's kind of like, I don't want to hear that, but you're going to take a look at it. Go ahead and look at it, but feel the difference. Got how much that aversion changes your organization? But then you realize, oh wait, behind that is my friend calling. Go ahead and take a look. Ah, there you are. Right? So that whole orientation you bring, the curiosity, the emotional component, really can affect the way in which you organize your movements. Now let's just check this out. Just come up to standing. Feel the contact through your feet. And you hear your friend calling you and you just turn and take a look. Do you feel a change in your rotation? Yeah, I would imagine. So now when you just rotate, feel what else has gotten involved in your body that kind of goes with the movement, joins in and brings almost like an assistance to it. Where in yourself do you feel that assistance? Yeah, just checking it out. Good. Everybody got a sense of that? Okay, now just let it go. (laughs) And, right, exactly. Throw in some randomness here, or whatever. Moving around. And then have a seat. Move a little bit away from the back of the chair. Have a comfortable position for your legs. And internally, silently, give your body permission to take what it's learned through rotating around to the left. Give it permission to transfer all of that into the right side. Pretend you're doing it if it seems weird. But you can just silently say, okay, it's yours, or whatever it is you want to say. But just imagine what you've learned transferring over into the right side. Great. And then, without thinking about it a lot, turn and look to the right. And do it a couple times. Find a marker on the wall that lets you see how far you're looking without having to stretch or strain. Keep breathing. Have you brought any strategies in from the other side into this rotation? Yeah, your body will quickly adapt and bring them in if it likes it. Okay, and let's throw in a few quick variations. We're not going to take as long to do this side. So first variation is as your body goes to the right, your head and eyes are going to go to the left. So again, find that even splitting apart. Doesn't need to be big at all. And then come back. Does not need to be big. Keep your head relatively vertical. Head and eyes are looking to the left. Body is going to the right. 
Feel the counter-rotation inside your spine. Breathe. Let your jaw relax. Okay, nice. And come back. And let's add the variation. Eyes just stay looking ahead. Rest of the body goes to the right. Yeah. So, but you don't want to do this. You don't want to take your head to the right and then look back. (laughs) That's a different movement. You want to just keep them focused straight ahead all the time. Let your jaw drop and then start the rotation and come back. It will feel odd because we don't typically do that. We're breaking the habitual use of the eyes paired with a movement of direction. Good. Okay, let it go. Just sit there for a moment. Just absorb the effects. Hands on your thighs. When you're ready, just turn and look to the right and notice how the pattern may or may not have changed. Anything added in? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, once or twice. Good. Interlace your fingers. Take a look. Did you go into your habitual pattern? Amazing, isn't it? Okay, switch so your index, other index fingers in the front. Put them behind. Find a comfortable position. And now do a little bit of just slight rotation so you feel your elbows moving in space and your weight shifting a little bit and your sit bones. So you're kind of just introducing a little bit of a rocking, swiveling into yourself. Sort of get everything in sync. Okay, pause. Slide your left knee forward, right knee back. Let that movement coincide with your elbows, ribs turning to the right, and come back. Again, slide the left knee forward, right knee back. Let the elbows and arms connect with it. Look to the right. And now get everything really in sync. So you feel like the pelvis, the legs, the ribs, the spine, the arms, the head is passive, the eyes look. They all feel their connectedness with each other. They all are in communication with each other. They're all mutually influencing each other. Nice. Okay, bring your arms down. Pause for a moment. Have them on your thighs, hands on your thighs. And then when you're ready, when you feel the timing right, you're going to launch your left knee forward, right knee back. Let everything go with and notice how far you look and come back. If you have an improvement in your range, which parts of yourself do you feel joining in to allow you to do this? And come back. Good? Got it? Take a little rest and we'll finish it up. Let's just sit. Tune into the presence of the whole body. Feel your contact with the chair. 
tune into your breathing. Just absorb what's happened. Notice where your attention is naturally drawn to. Which regions of yourself seem to be appearing within your awareness. And then sit a little forward on your chair, hands on your thighs, and let's let everything join. So slide your left knee forward, right knee back, let the movement spiral up through you into your head, turn and look to the right, and then let everything come back to the starting position. Make it as smooth, as light, as possible, so you just feel like you're gliding internally with yourself. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Feel each part of the movement and let all the different parts of yourself cooperate with each other. No one part is trying to lead the entire show. Yeah, so you'll feel an internal sense of harmony. It may not turn as far, but the harmony will be there for you. Right. Come back to the center, let it go. And then without thinking about it at all, you hearing a friend calling to you, you just turn and look and come back. Good. Yeah, got that? And now, let's mix both sides up. (laughs) So now, You've got one friend over here and one friend over here and they're both calling to you at the same time. And you're going, who's there? Wait a minute, who's over there? And you're sliding your pelvis a little forward to go one way, one leg goes forward and you're sliding the other leg forward. When you look to the right, you're sliding the left knee forward. When you come back and go through, you're sliding the right knee forward as you look to the left. And really feel that internal swiveling of your pelvis through your legs. Play with that and looking and feel how that rotation just goes up through your spine, right? And your head just can float around on it. Yeah? Do you feel that nice little swiveling going on in your pelvis, creating that spiral motion up through yourself? Good. And keep reducing the size of it and come back into the very center, the neutral, smaller and smaller, until you're in the center and just rest in the center. Check out how that feels. Feel the breath naturally occurring. Now when we go to stand, let's introduce one other element. 
So you're a little bit forward on your chair. Your back is not against the back. And let's introduce the same kind of uh, continuum of movement, a rocking motion, where you feel your feet really making contact with the ground. And you're launching a little bit forward, but then you come back again onto your chair. So you're launching forward and feeling how your weight is starting to come into your feet. And you're positioning your pelvis on the chair so you can really start to give your weight into your feet. But you're coming back again. (laughs) So we're introducing that continuum of movement. And at some point, you're going to feel with one of the rockings that you can load your weight into your feet and you come back. Load more of your weight into your feet and come back. And at some point, you're going to approach your lift off. And as you lift off, you're going to follow the arc of the lift off and give your weight into your feet. You may not get it on the first try. That's perfectly fine. That's it. So the whole thing is about finding your takeoff point. And this is very new. It may not work. It may be very different from what you typically do to get up. And then you come back. So let's practice with this one more time. Maybe your legs need to be a little further apart. Maybe one foot's more in front of the other. Play with the organization of your legs to give you, when you're launching, your optimal base. And then go through the motion, your continuum of launching. Be sure not to just look down, but look out into the direction you're going to go. Use your eyes as a guidance. And then at some point, you're just going to come up. Find your trajectory. If it's hard getting up, widen your legs. There you go. Nice. Does everybody get that? That took a little practice, but... Okay, when you're up, without thinking about it very much, now turn and look to the left. See how far you rotate. Turn and look to the right. Any improvement in your rotation from this morning when you started? How many people have at least 20 degrees from when you started this morning? Right. Okay, so that's the neuroplasticity effect. You've rewired the rotation. You've taken out some habits. You put in some new coordinations. And now you're getting, you feel the fluidity going back and forth? Yeah? Now come back to the very center again and feel your contact with the floor. Anything changed in your foot contact once again? Right? Would you attach a psychological quality to it too, as well as physical? Do you feel perhaps more stability or more security or something? Contact? Confidence. Nice. Okay, now we're going to add one other dimension to this. Uh, Everybody turn and find a partner somewhere and stand facing your partner. I'm going to demo this with Wes. My colleague and I will demonstrate. (laughs) So, we just did a rotation effect, right? Now, um, you don't have to do anything yet, but if I reach out to shake hands, without actually shaking your partner's hands, everybody just reach out with one of your hands and feel the rotation. So that you can do it this way and lock yourself, but you can also let yourself rotate into it, right? Do you feel the difference if you rotate in? Yes. 
Everybody got the rotation? Yes. Okay, so now what you're going to do is you're going to find your partner, get close enough so it's no strain, and you're going to shake hands, and you're just going to rotate a little backwards and a little forwards, and you're going to feel how you actually rotate with each other from side to side. So become sensitive. Don't do too much. Less, less, less. You're just going to follow your rotations, but you're going to be in connection with each other. So one person's going to do this at a time. Now you're both doing it together. You're mutually rotating. How many people can say that they're mutually rotating together? It's a really beautiful event. Okay, does everybody feel that, how you influence each other? Yeah, not too much, not too much. Okay, drop it. Reach out a couple times with the other hand and just feel your rotation. And then shake hands. And then mutually, just a little rotation. Right? Got it? Good. And thank your partner. And let's sit down. We'll do a brief check-in and then we'll move on. So, (laughs) insights. uh, This was a playing on our morning themes, but taking it into a sitting posture. Uh, Any insights, observations, aha moments, epiphanies? Yes, we need microphone. Hold on, microphone's coming. You suggested that I do less and less is more. It worked. It does. Yeah, Yeah, you're noticing how less improves. Excellent. Thank you. Other comments, observations? Yes. We're all rotating with each other. (laughs) On planet Earth. Always. Yes. I've always had a lot of an aversion to anything about my eyes. Yeah. I could never put in contacts, for instance. And so when you would say, well, look forward or follow this and I felt my eyes straining my whole body said get out of this Uh I really objected which tells me maybe there's something there Uh otherwise it's easy otherwise it it was okay but you noticed your eyes having an objection to this good so it and this is not an unusual phenomenon when you do certain lessons I've had this experience you know in Feldenkrais there are like over 10,000 lessons. They cover every part of the body. And this is one form of Feldenkrais work called awareness through movement. There's another type, which is hands-on, called functional integration, just so you have the complete map, which uses similar themes, but you work with somebody more specifically. It's really not unusual to do a lesson and some part of you will just say, I hate this. <laughs> and Or I don't like it. Or why do I need to turn this way? Or I'm... I am fed up with um, being on all fours or whatever it might be. It's just interesting to notice how certain parts of the body are responding to an invitation to do something. And maybe that part of the body, you just stop and listen and and say, what what would you like? You know, you pose the question and you might feel your eyes come back and say something to you like, I'm up for it if you do it with with your eyes shut first. That might be it. You know, include me without having to look. Maybe that's it. Who knows? But you just listen in and see what the body part wants. So, good to notice. 
Anything else coming up? Yes, in the back here. A question, not a comment. How long will this increased rotation last before it fades away back to where it was? Um, In general, with most of the things that you learn doing this, um, once you do something that your body likes, you know, it, it automatically gravitates into a new pattern, which is increased rotation, say, with more cooperation between body parts. Generally speaking, it tends to remember it to some extent and enjoy it and use it. But we are, you know, definitely creatures of habit and our lifelong habitual ways of doing things can reassert themselves. So you might notice a diminishment of it after a few days. That's why doing these lessons more than once is really beneficial. You know, you you can take a lesson like this one we just did. I've done this lesson at least 50 or 60 times. And each time there's an incremental improvement. So it, and after a while, your body just becomes attuned to paying attention in this way. Your body-mind. So the answer is, it'll fade in part. But I bet when you get in your car to drive off and you look behind you, you're not going to do it only through your neck. Right? You'll feel, well, uh, that didn't feel good. I mean, everybody just sit, sit in your chair right now and come a little forward for a second, sit in your chair, just to check this out. And turn and look to your left and right, but don't let any part of your lower body move. Right? <laughs> That's not satisfying anymore, is it? No, so you need, you've evoked the natural cooperation of the upper and lower body. It's not going to fade out because you'll get pain if you do a habitual just your neck movement. Okay, and another question and before we move on? Or yes, no? Or comment? Yes. It's more of an observation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It feels good, and you feel in harmony with yourself as you're doing it, definitely, because you're training into it. And there's a sense of, ah, here it is, the coordination has occurred. Exactly. Yes, you have to get that total cooperation organization. Yeah. Okay, is that good? Any other last comment? Or you good? Okay, um, so we are going to move into another inquiry question. And I think it probably would be fun so that people can get to uh, meet each other is to find a new group of people, if you can, at least one new person, and to get into groups of three. And I'm going to um, propose an additional uh, practice as you're doing this. So you're going to answer together the set of questions in number two and we'll ring the gong um, to just tell you when five minutes is up good to move to the next person but this time really practice before you move actually let me just get your attention really practice 
that sense of being very centered and aware in your body and listening with your entire body to each other, right? So that's an interesting practice. Resting in the body, sensing with the body, and really listening very deeply to each other. Okay, so just something to play with and then answering the questions. So get into groups of three, find some new people, and start to answer the questions in number two. And just to remember, you can answer any or all of the questions.
Just let the next person speak if you haven't yet.
Make sure the next person has time to speak.
wrap up. So take a minute or two, a couple minutes, just to find some common themes to any of the questions in your group, to identify them. Identify any common themes for any of the questions. Okay, you can stay in your groups. Stay in your groups. And and what we're going to do now, if you can uh, reorient to the whole group, what we're going to do now is just here as we did before. Okay, maybe a little whack of the bell there. <laughs> okay, what we're going to do now is just you can stay in your groups, is to hear some of the common themes that arose through doing this um, dialogue with each other around these questions. So insights, observations, things you noticed, things you learned, um, whatever was evoked from having the conversation. Someone over here needs a mic. Right over here. A common theme here was wisdom with age and relief from uh, things that had gone badly at a younger age and perspective, perhaps, Mm -hmm. might be the main thing. Does that, you want to say anything? Yeah, that was like, you know, wisdom, understanding how the mind works. That was the biggest thing. Understanding that the mind when left to its own ways, is going to mess with me and lead me to dark places. And so when I go to dark places, when I have those feelings, anything that's not feeling good, uh, I look at that and often go upstairs in my mind, what are you thinking? And find that it's some thoughts that are bringing me into these anxiety or depression or feeling out of sorts or even just feeling a little irritated. It's invariably 
my mind is messing with me. So part of, part of the discussion was the wisdom that comes with being able to step back and really begin to notice what's going on in a way where understanding starts to develop about it. How the mind works. Okay, great. We had somebody who's next here. Somebody just rose, raised. Did somebody raise their hand? Okay, no other comments? <laughs> Up over here is somebody. Or that, that group there is that oh, right over here? We'll start over there. Let's start over here. Yes. No, just that our group got delved into the. Um, question of what surprise means. Yes. And so basically, I think we kind of, most of us didn't feel like we were surprised in a certain way, or there's the things that creep up. It takes, you know, surprise when you're a kid is like, boom, the balloon burst or whatever. And in this situation, it was more, uh, a little bit more, I think, of things kind of creeping up and what do we do with that? Uh wasn't as much the element of surprise. It was almost like noticing the arrival mm-hmm. of something and then starting to address it. Right. Yes. Okay. Who else? My group is making me talk for them or speak. Um, Jane, is it? Jane? Jane. Yes. Jane. She said that she would like to learn to uh, lean in more and uh, instead of trying to resist what's uh, happening in front of her to uh, lean in and, you know, engage in the whole experience. Mm-hmm. To lean into it, to, to embrace it, it sounds like, or to move towards... Ex- just accept and embrace. Accept what, and embrace. What my reality is. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, for the experience of aging and life. Okay, somebody in the back over here. Well, we talked about a lot of things, but one of the common things was uh, at the same time as our bodies were kind of surprising us by their limitations. Um, just the importance of having something that engages you enough that you don't pay as much attention to that, whether it's, you know, family or something that you have a passion for or that engages you. Yes. That, so that, at, and then the other thing was uh, that there's something in us that's an essence, the, our essence that isn't really mm. about our outward body or appearance, so... Mm. And making contact with that aspect of yourself. And it feels ageless. And, you sorry? Know, it feels ageless. Ah. Inside, we feel the same as we ever did. Mm-hmm. And yet, the, bo- the vehicle is falling apart. So. Yeah. It ain't the years, it's the mileage, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a bit of a paradox to that. You mean that the body continues to age, but there's an aspect of yourself, who you are, that seems timeless. Yeah. Nice to locate. (laughs) Other observations, things you want to say? Yes, over here. 
Well, we talked about um, as the body and the, our, our attributes are changing, that a way to make peace and acceptance with that is to be in the moment more, to really be, to be with presence and not in the past and not in the future. And, and, to, and that is kind of the, the um, way of, of coping, really. Mm-hmm. and accepting and moving into it with grace and peace. Yeah, to be here now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anything else? Okay, so um, let's take a 10-minute um, break, I think. Was, we're gonna, yeah, let's take a 10-minute break. We'll come back and do another meditation.
popcorn we can do without getting in back into groups. We can just do popcorn. I think it's good to do it in a group just because Testing, testing. Sure. Sure. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just one thing I wanted to also say um, that sometimes happens when people do a day with meditation in Feldenkrais is that you may go home and just get a really strong sleep. (laughs) Because when you do this much reorganization, even though it's subtle, there's a lot of change that happens in the body. and, And one of the ways that bodies can digest things like this is just go into a deep sleep and let it happen. So it may or may not happen, but you know, if you find you, or if you find you go home and you just want to take a nap immediately, that would not be unusual when doing this type of thing. Or you may just get a great sleep. Just to let you know. I want one. Okay, and now this is going to lead a big sky meditation. This is a meditation practice taken from the Tibetan Book of the Great Liberation. Sounds inviting, doesn't it? It is. It's a very inviting practice. And I'm going to guide you uh, at the beginning through a little of it, and then we're going to have some uh, music, some shakuhachi music is going to be coming in and you can I'll, I'll guide you into that a little too so we'll hopefully have a sweet time and we'll start by keeping your eyes open or opening your eyes and I'd like you to locate how big your awareness is, your mindful awareness is. Does it include everything in the room? Including some of the outside? Does your awareness live right here? Is that is that where it comes from? Is that where it's located? Imagine that your awareness is filling the back wall of the hall here. And it's this great field of knowing that reflects whatever comes before it. 
It is aware of whatever comes before it, yet whatever comes before it comes and goes. If you close your eyes right now, all that was included in your awareness is gone. You open, blink your eyes and open them again, and there, there it is again. Does that mean it's all coming from here? I don't want you to answer that question or any of those questions, but just to arouse some sense of doubt about everything, all awareness coming from this point. And as we've seen today in the Feldenkrais movement, is that awareness is all around through the body. So let yourself close your eyes now. And keeping that sense of awareness being as big as the whole hall, filling the whole hall. Sense or realize that the edges of awareness extend outward to include the entire space of this hall. That your field of awareness is that big. Realize, sense that this great space of awareness is noticing whatever appears. Sensations of breath, thoughts, emotions. Everything that's reflected or known by the awareness.
Notice that if you hold the mind still, all phenomena appear and disappear on their own. If you do not engage in thoughts or move toward them or away from them, If you just remain a witness, the one who knows, everything takes care of itself. Floating through this great open space of mind, No need to limit ourselves to a space of mind that just fills this room. Let yourself sense that the borders of awareness stretch outward in all directions. open to all phenomena, but holding on to nothing. Let the borders of the mind dissolve. creating just a single vast sky of mind. Notice how all phenomena move through the sky of mind without leaving a trace. 
thoughts float through. If the mind is held still, the thought disappears. Let go of all boundaries. Notice how sensations happen, not in an arm or a leg, but in space. Let go of any definition you will have of your body. Let go of any sense of edges, containment. open empty the mind itself has no characteristics no age no personality it knows of all things but holds on to nothing We're going to hear some shakuhachi music now. Let your 
awareness go to the sense of hearing, letting it vibrate, letting yourself be aware of it, and it's ever-changing musicality. Let the sounds flow through the big sky of mind.
Where are you now? Can you bring your attention back without blame? To reestablish a sense of the big sky of mind, you can bring your attention back to sounds or a sense of the vastness of the universe. No edges to awareness. Everything known. Nothing held. When you hear the bell and open your eyes, you can bring a sense of the big sky with you into the light. It's always with you. Vast and accepting. Unknowable. Any comments on that practice or that meditation? Wonderful. When you're tightly focused, say, on the breath and some experience, some object of attention comes in, a thought or some kind of feeling tone or something, uh, it can take up all the space 
of your awareness. When the mind is open and vast, and at least you have a sense of that, that whatever comes into your mind has a lot of room to, to just float back out. It's not, it doesn't have quite the impact that it would have if you were just focused, uh, you know, real tightly on the breath. Sometimes I, I tell people, you know, put 40% of your attention on the breath. If you need to have an anchor, if you need to have a refuge or a touch point, and then let the rest of it, let, let things happen in the mind. Don't, don't tight, hold too tightly to the breath. Any questions about it or any, any other? Uh, sometimes you, you, you can get into that great space and sometimes you can't. And, you, you know, you, it's worth it if you try. Occasionally land there. Or unland there. What part does the music play in it? Uh, the music is just a way of presenting some sound, uh, giving you uh, sounds that don't resolve like ordinary songs, but just uh, to let you experiment with using the sense of hearing as an object. Sense of hearing is a wonderful uh, place to put your attention. Sounds are obviously impermanent. They just they flow through, they're waves. And uh, it's a wonderful practice to do outside where you have a lot of random sounds. Unfortunately, we don't, we, we have uh, closed all the windows here. But um, it can be a wonderful practice to do outside. The mind just expands to meet all the, the random sounds of the universe. So you're actually um, coming out of your body then. Uh, that, so you're aware, you're taking your awareness you away could, from you, you could say You could say that, but um, you are aware of sensations. You are aware. It's just that they don't have, they aren't uh, separated and uh, they're, they're not contained. So it's a you're it's, so it's an all encompassing kind of awareness. Yes. It's not you're not stuck in the sensations right. and the breath. Right. It, like you move the, one thing that's interesting about doing that type of Tibetan practice, the big sky meditation, is that the sense of where you are and who you are comes up. And so that sense that we normally assume we're quite localized, awareness is quite localized as the body. But, you know, you can use that meditation to check it out and notice is awareness, like Wes is saying, does awareness have any boundaries on a practical experiential level? Are there any boundaries? And, you know, when you experientially check it out, it's very interesting. Are there really any boundaries to awareness? Or is that 
a artificial limit that we put upon our sense of who we are, our identity, where we're located. So it plays a lot with the sense of how the sense of you is locating itself. And it can be much more open than conventionally we think of it. Thank you. How's everybody resting in the <laughs> the big sky of here? Okay, you ready for another little Feldenkrais application? I'm just curious. Um, well, maybe we'll do this. We could do it seated. We could do it lying down. I'm just trying to get a sense of if you were lying down, it would not be hard to fall asleep at this point, would it? Nobody's going to fall asleep. We, we, we can promise you that. What, what, what is your lying down? How, tell you what, we'll do a, a combo. Lying down and sitting, same theme. So you get to experience it in one position and then you can wake up and experience it in another position. So let's begin this with everybody standing up. It's okay if you do fall asleep, though, um, because, as I said, sometimes doing Feldenkrais lessons, it produces a deep space of sleepiness or drowsiness to integrate. Okay, let your arms hang at your sides and feel the way in which your feet make contact with the floor. And notice, where is that contact? Is it insides, outsides? Maybe it's hard to tell, but you just sense it. Now let your knees relax a little bit so that you sink a tiny bit into your feet and you feel your pelvic joints loosening a little. And then just stand normally and then drop through your pelvis and your knees into your feet a little. Just so you feel your feet spread out a little bit. Good. And come to wherever you want to stand normally and just do a little side shifting to the right leg, to the left leg. If you're doing it with your eyes shut, that's fine, but also do it with your eyes open. And just notice if there's a difference in the way in which you give your weight to the left or the right leg. Just another matter of tuning in. That might keep changing throughout the day and gradually reduce the movements until you come into the very neutral center. You feel like you could move in either direction easily. Good. The still point. And then find your way to lying down. But remember, when you lie down, go onto your side first and then roll over and take your time making the whole transition to going to lie down. See if you can do it in a way that feels very mindful. You really feel like you're using yourself well. Don't just go straight back. Go onto your side and then go on to roll onto your back. So 
If you are sitting up, you could actually do this lesson sitting too, and I'll explain how that would work sitting. So if anybody actually wants to sit doing this, you can. So when you lie down, make sure that you're really comfortable. If you need something under your head, that's fine. If you need to have your legs um, with up, so your knees are up and your feet are flat, that's fine. Make sure you really attend to your own comfort level throughout the entire lesson. Keep tuning into what your body-mind is asking you for to be comfortable. And once you lie down, or if you're sitting, you can feel the contact of the surface you're on. Notice where you make contact and how you make contact with the surface that you're on. If you were blotted onto a page after being dipped into a bottle of ink, what kind of impression would you make on the surface that you're on? Just feel the imprint. Where would there be white spots? Where would there be ink spots? And then become aware of your breathing. One way to become quite aware of your breathing is to notice at the end of the exhalation, there's a slight pause and then automatically the inhalation will start. So you could simply notice the end of the exhalation, the slight pause, and the inhalation beginning. And just become attuned to your natural rhythm of breathing. And as you just simply lie here or sit, you can just simply rest in your breath, the natural rhythm of breathing. Notice which parts of you are affected by the movement of your breathing. Now become aware of any region of yourself, any region of the body-mind that seems to be drawing your attention in any way. There might be a part of yourself that seems to be signaling you or you simply notice your attention has gravitated to that area. You're just simply sensing and becoming aware of how awareness has located itself in you. And notice if there's any message that that region of yourself has for you. It may not be a message in words or language. It may just be perhaps a feeling, a felt sense. It might be a color. It might be a sound. It might be a sensation. Or it might be nothing at all. 
And now bring your knees up so the feet are flat on the floor and find a comfortable position for your legs so it's easy to keep them up. If you're sitting, you're just fine as you are. And particularly notice the contact of your pelvis with the surface that you're on. And do a very small movement of tilting your pelvis a little bit forward, just a little bit, so the arch of your lower back tends to increase a little bit and then come back to your starting position. So if you're lying down, when you tilt your pelvis forward a little bit, you'll feel a little bit more space between your lower spine and the floor. But make sure you do this in a very light, easy way, nothing that requires any straining and feels comfortable for you, completely in the range that feels comfortable. You're tilting your pelvis a little bit forward in the direction of your legs, and then you're coming back to your neutral starting position. Just a couple of times. And as you do that movement of tilting your pelvis slightly forward and then coming back again, harmonize that movement with your natural breathing. And as you tilt your pelvis slightly forward, increase the space between your lower spine and the floor. Notice how that movement affects your upper body, your spine, your head, your ribs, any part of you. And as you come back to rest, can you feel other parts of yourself getting involved in that tilt? And again, the movement might be so small that somebody looking from the outside might not see anything at all. But you could feel it internally. And you harmonize the movement with your breathing. And then let it go and just pause and rest for a moment. And now do a light movement that's just the opposite of that, where you round your pelvis a little bit. It's as if you're bringing your edge of your pelvis, you're tilting it up in the direction of your head a little bit, and that decreases the space between your lower spine and the floor. It actually pushes your spine a little bit into the floor, and then you come back to your starting position. And do that a couple of times. Again, small enough and light enough so that there's no pain or distress in any way. It might be tiny, tiny, tiny movement. And you harmonize this movement of tilting your pelvis up in the direction of your head a little bit and coming back to your starting position. And notice how the tilting of your pelvis in this direction influences your upper body and your head. Let your jaw relax. Let your eyes relax. Let your face relax. If you're sitting on a chair, this would be rounding your pelvis backwards a little bit and then coming back to neutral, just the opposite of the previous movement. That's fine. Now pause, come back to neutral. And then combine the two directions. You're going to tilt your pelvis a little bit away from you. 
Increase the distance between your lower spine and the floor. Come back to your neutral starting position. Tilt your pelvis a little bit in the direction of your head. Decrease the space between your lower spine and the floor. And you're just doing movements that are small, light, and easy, and harmonizing them with your natural breathing. So you're not holding your breath anywhere. In fact, you can let your jaw relax or be slightly open. And just notice how the movement of your pelvis between these two positions influences your upper body. Can you feel how your spine responds to this tilting of your pelvis? In each direction? Do you like one direction more than the other? Does one feel easier? That's fine. And now let it go and take a full rest in any position you want. You can stretch out. You could lie on your side. You could keep your knees up and feet flat. And just become aware of the body at rest. If you sense any discomfort from doing the movements, then you can always just imagine doing this. You don't actually have to do them. You'll still get a benefit. And just sense from those few small movements how that's affected you, how that's affected your contact with the floor. Tune into your breathing. Just rest and absorb the effects of the movements. And then bring your knees up, feet flat on the floor. If you're sitting, you can just continue to sit. And you're going to, once again, tilt your pelvis up in the direction of your head and down towards your feet, but make the movements very, very, very light and small. So you're maybe only doing a little bit of a percentage of the movement. It, doesn't, it does not need to be big at all. And notice how the tilting of your pelvis in particular seems to affect your head. You might notice some effect in your head. Maybe you notice some effect in your upper body. But if you were to let your head coordinate with the movement of your pelvis. Would you want to tilt your head in the same way that your pelvis is tilting? In other words, when your pelvis tilts up in the direction of your head, would your head tilt backwards a little bit? Your nose perhaps move a little bit in the direction towards the wall behind you? Would that work? Or if you tilt your pelvis down towards your legs, Would you want your head to tilt a little bit down in the direction of your legs too? Maybe, maybe not. Play with the connection between the movement of your head and the movement of your pelvis so that you find a way to connect the movement of your pelvis with the movement of your head. And you can start to move your head a little bit, but only as much as is needed 
to start to have a conversation between your head moving and your pelvis moving in a way where they start to have some harmony with each other. Of course, you'll feel that movement transmitted through your spine and other parts of yourself. You're just playing with it, experimenting. You might have to position your feet differently or your legs. You might need to harmonize the movements more with your breathing. But play with the letting the head and the pelvis find their connection with each other in movement. And of course, you're going to let everything harmonize with your breathing. Let your jaw relax. Let your eyes relax. So that you start to really feel there is a conversation between your head and your pelvis. You can pause anytime you want to take a rest. And notice which parts of your spine tend to get involved in this. Are there regions of your spine that you feel moving along with the pelvis and the head? That's great. Now, give yourself a little pause. And now, take your arms and take hold of each opposite elbow or forearm, if that's good, and form your little box as you did earlier. Let your shoulders relax. And when you tilt your pelvis up in the direction of your head, notice if you feel any of that movement in your ribs and arms and let your arms drift a little bit as if they were about to go over your head towards the floor. So you're letting the movement extend into your upper body and be carried by your arms. And then as your pelvis comes back to its starting position, your arms return to their neutral position. Yes, so you're just harmonizing as you did with your head and pelvis. You're harmonizing your arms with your pelvis too. Play with it a little bit. And of course, let everything go with your breathing. Nice. That's nice. Okay. And come back to your neutral starting position. And just a couple times, tilt your pelvis down in the direction of your legs, increasing the lumbar arch of your spine, and take your arms down towards your legs. Good. And then let it all go and stretch out and take a rest. And once again, just notice where your attention is naturally drawn to, any regions of yourself. Sense your contact with the floor. Sense the way your breath naturally moves through you.
Return to your ink blot if you were dipped into ink and blotted on a page. What's your ink impression look like now? And then bring your knees up, feet flat on the floor. Once or twice, just tilt your pelvis in either direction and notice how that affects your upper body. Can you feel the involvement of your ribs or your head or your spine? And then let it go when you've had a sense of that and roll to a side and slowly make your way towards sitting in your chair. Take your time though. Let each part of the movement suggest the next part of the movement. So you can pause and stop in a particular place. You can sense where you want to go next. Take your time. Really take your time. If you need to use the chair to support yourself, that's fine. Just sense the next movement, the next possibility, but really take your time. do get to your chair, just sense how when you're sitting in your chair, your pelvis makes contact with the chair. How does your weight come through you? Notice the natural rhythm of your breathing. And then sit a little bit forward on your chair so your back is not against the back of the chair. Find a comfortable position for your legs so your feet can make contact. Put your hands on your thighs. Take your right hand and put the back of your right hand in your lower back if that's okay for you. And we're going to do the same movements we did when you were lying down. You're going to tilt your pelvis slightly forward and feel how you're creating an arch in your lower back with the back of your hand and come back to your neutral starting position. Everybody got a sense of that? And now, as you do that, put your left hand on your sternum, your breastbone, And as you tilt your pelvis a little bit forward, increase that curve, you'll feel your sternum rise up a little bit. And then you come back and your sternum lowers a little. The next time you tilt your pelvis forward and feel your sternum rise up, look up a little bit and then come back to your neutral position. Can you all feel how the movement of your pelvis is affecting your head? Come back. And put your hands down and just pause for a moment.
And now you can do this with your hands. Put your right hand, the back of your right hand, on the back of your lower back near your pelvis. Right hand, left hand, sorry, on your sternum. And now round your pelvis and let your sternum drop and look down and come back up again to your neutral position. So your spine is going to a C shape. So letting the pelvis rock back, letting yourself look down, feeling the sternum come downwards and coming back. Can you feel how similar that is to what you did when you were lying down? And come back. And now take your hands away. And now let's connect them so that as you tilt your pelvis forward, you'll feel your sternum come up and you start to look up. But you're not trying to drive the movement upward with your head. You're letting your head be supported by your pelvis and then you come back down. And now you start to round your pelvis and look down. So you're feeling the movement of the pelvis spread out through your spine, your ribs, into your head and skull, looking up as you tilt your pelvis forward, coming back through neutral, letting your pelvis tilt backward, looking down. So you have that full range of movement within yourself and come back to your neutral starting position. And then sit back in your chair and take a rest. And just sense the effects of the movements in you. Notice where your attention is naturally drawn to. You can rest in the natural rhythm of your breathing. So now we're going to take this very fundamental primordial movement, a flexion extension movement, and we're going to use it to fine-tune how we'd like to sit on a chair so that you can get comfortable when you're sitting. So sit a little forward in your chair. Have your hands on your thighs. And in the same way we've been playing with movements all day, of going in one direction, reversing, coming back through the neutral starting point, going in the other direction, reversing. You're going to tilt your pelvis forward, let that influence your sternum to come up, look up a little bit, come back a little bit, tilt your pelvis backwards, start to look down, and find that comfortable continuum, but slowly, slowly. Some of you are driving the movement through your head, you don't need to do that. Let your pelvis take, take the big responsibility there. Right? And find a nice rhythm where you can distribute the movement throughout your spine. You feel like your whole spine, ribs, pelvis, they're all getting involved together. They're all in conversation with each other. The pelvis, the spine, the head, they're finding their mutual agreement. And as you do this movement and you're breathing, Keep reducing the size of the movement until you feel like you're in the very center of the movement and you're simply stacked up on your bones. Where it becomes almost effortless to sit because your skeleton is giving you the support. So make micro-adjustments if need be, positioning your pelvis, 
head, neck, spine, until you find an agreement throughout yourself where it feels relatively easy to sit. Now, of course, you want to have your hands at least on your thighs because if you have them dropped in between your legs, it's going to pull you forward. Right? So where do you want to sit? What's comfortable for you so you feel a lot of support throughout yourself? Can you feel that? Now let yourself get out of this and just schlump into any position. (laughs) Okay, do you feel how that gives you a different type of lack of support? (laughs) Right. So let's go back to building the support again. Contact through the pelvis into the chair. Put your hands on your thighs. Begin a slight soul movement of tilting your pelvis forward and looking up. Come back to neutral. Let your pelvis tilt backwards. Let your head look down. And go through the continuum again. Keep making it smaller and smaller and smaller until you feel like you're stacked right on top of your own skeleton. Should be pretty easy to just sit there, breathe, tune into the whole body, just simply being present. Notice how it affects your sense of perception. Open your eyes and look around the room. Feel the inner sense of stillness, if that's there. Good. Okay, so now we're going to take a rest, and this will be the last part of this. So now we're going to combine what we've been doing and use it to help us launch to get up. We sort of did this earlier, but this is part two of that activity. So what you're going to do, you don't have to do it now, you're going to, now that you know the tilting movement, you're going to be tilting through your range of movement, and you're also going to be tilting and starting to launch yourself a little bit forward. So that you start to launch yourself and give your weight into your feet. And at some point, you're going to feel, I could give my weight a little bit more into my feet. Maybe I need to position them a little differently, get them in a place where I can more easily give them weight. But you're practicing your launching pattern. And at some point, you'll feel a trajectory of coming forward that actually feels very useful for starting to come up. Right? And at some point, you'll give yourself into that trajectory and just start to rise up. But you don't have to do it right away. You might back out away from it and come back down if it doesn't feel right. So you're experimenting with launching yourself, but you don't have to commit. You can come back down again. Yeah, one thing that'll be really nice is you'll drop your weight right into your legs and your feet and you'll actually feel your thighs assisting with the movement of coming up. And you might sit down. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just a way to launch and give your weight into your feet and come down. Takes some practice getting used to, but when you start to get into it, it actually feels very pleasant. Most of the time. And so one of the things that's nice about this is that typically as we get older and we forget this, 
people tend to do is they start to use their upper body to compensate for not actually using their legs as much to launch themselves. And they'll get up by trying to push themselves up out of their chair and they don't use their legs as a foundation or support at all. Anybody know what I mean? Yep, so there you have it. So, I mean, sometimes you need to do that. Again, there's nothing mandatory in any of this. But part of it is it's like a somatic amnesia. You've just forgotten to use your legs and your pelvis for your launching pattern. And so you're over-relying on the top part of your body to do work that the lower part of your body can very handily use and do. So this is a way to awaken that aspect of yourself so you can actually once again, go into your power center, which is your pelvis and your legs. I mean, feel your thigh muscles. These muscles are designed to do this, not your shoulders. And just figure out where's a good launch for you. You might have one foot a little forward if you want. You've got to play with your foot positioning, everything, until you find, yes, I have a secure base. I feel like I can give my weight into my feet, and there it goes. Right? So you don't have to over-rely on your shoulders or upper body to come up, you can just put the weight down through your legs, use your powerful thigh muscles, and come up. Yeah. And it takes a little getting used to because we have that, uh, that sensory motor amnesia where we've forgotten to use this part of ourselves. Yeah? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> Most of us dip in and out of it. So, so everybody come on up, however you want to come up. That's it. Boom. Everybody see when you didn't even think about it, you just engaged it. Did you notice that? How you retrained yourself to just use it? That's what will happen is you just do it, do it, do it, forget about it, and then just stand up and there it is. And then sense the contact through your feet again after doing this lesson. Anything change in your foot contact? Right? So that often happens when you create an agreement between your lower half of yourself and your upper half of yourself, a conversation, you'll feel there'll be a really strong sense of contact through your feet. So if you're looking for ways to practice greater stability and contact, this is a nice one. And then do a little weight shifting to the left and the right slowly and notice if the lesson has changed your weight shifting at all. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. And then take the weight shifting and keep reducing it till you're back in the center and feel the contact. Feel okay? <laughs> yeah. Is there anything to think about going down? Well, if you, want, and if you want to check in with going down, we introduced a little variation when we started the lesson, which is soften your knees and feel your pelvic joints soften and just sink straight down through your legs so that you contact with your feet, you actually feel a little bit right in your pelvis. Does everybody feel that? You can even bounce a little bit and you'll feel that sense of your feet making contact with your pelvic joints. So that's one really nice way to tune into your sense of contact is periodically when you're standing or walking around, soften your knees and just feel yourself sink into your pelvic joints and feel your foot making contact. That's another way to constantly tune back into your connection to the earth. 
It's, and again, it's not a positional thing. It's a way to make contact and adjust and then walk around. So everybody just walk for a second and see how this lesson has affected your walking. Be sure to let your arms hang at your sides and look around, not just down. <laughs> yeah, really take in the whole room. You can look down, of course, but don't stay totally static. Okay, and um, yeah, just making contact with everybody. Hi, nice to see you. And then let's just stop somewhere and everybody just get a sense again of that contact through your pelvis into your feet and just bring your arms up and just absorb the whole room through your body. Right? And feel how you're connected to the ground, but your whole structure is open to the space. And your body just soaks it in. That's kind of the celebratory mood. <laughs> right? Like, yes. <laughs> but feet have contact. So it's yes in contact with the earth. Okay, and let's just briefly check in and we'll do the last part of our day today. Okay, so, um, observations, <laughs> insights, um, epiphanies, and we need to get a mic over to you. Oh, question, okay, but, but good, to have, good for people to hear it. What happens when we're in a really low, cushy, comfy chair? In a very low cushiony chair where you sink into it? Yeah, because this one is easy, you know? Yeah, it is nice. Um, you'll just notice how being in a cushiony chair affects you sitting. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Every, every surface you're on it has a certain pro and a con to it. And a lot of the ways in which chairs are designed, and particularly seats in automobiles has not been thought out well in regards to sitting comfortably. I mean, it sort of does, but some chairs just throw you back into the chair, and so you have to surrender to that shape. And um, you just work with it. I would say that the one thing you can always do, though, is whatever surface you're on, you can always find where your comfortable neutral space is and then do a little micro-adjusting back and forth through the continuum and come to your neutral space, and whatever it is, find it there. You're not, you don't have to stay in the position, but the main thing is just find where your neutral stacking up position is for yourself that feels relatively strong with skeletal support. And then let it go. <laughs> but that's a nice way to check in. But you may notice some chairs don't work as well as others. Yeah. Try walking on water. Yeah, that's, that's part B of this. Is <laughs> okay, other observations, insights? Yes, you need a microphone back there. I've noticed that a lot of these things, I have flat feet. Yeah. 
Is there anything in particular that you can do to sort of accommodate that or work on that? Yeah, you can. There's lessons you can do for your feet as well. If you, my email's on the front there. If you send me an email and say I'd like something for the feet, I'll send you a foot lesson that will shift that organization a little bit. May or may not reduce the flatness, or it may. You know, you don't know. Another comment? Yes, uh, over here. We need a microphone here. It's just minor, but the whole pelvic tilting thing really showed me how much my lower back hurt, aches. But then when we got up and walked, I felt way freer in my shoulder girdle, and my arms were swinging way more than they usually do. So that was interesting. There you go. Yeah, so if you, know, if you do this lesson and you notice that your back you know, does its thing, just the Feldenkrais thing is just keep reducing the size until you get into a little groove, a little space. It might be so tiny, nobody even would see it, but you can internally feel, you can do even, you know, very, lessons are very effective if you do a, what's called an about to move. You sense the beginning organization of going in a direction and then you back away from it and then you go into the beginning organization of the other direction, come back. That first 5% is still enough to actually start to change your organization. So you got to keep taking it down to your level where you have the comfort, which is a retraining for most of us. Yes. I really like how you emphasize being really gentle with the body. Yep. Because I was, my head got in there and I was going to push a little more because, oh, I can do more. Yeah. And I know better because I've, in meditation retreats, I'll go into automatic movement and the body never pushes. It wants to do a little bit and then it comes back and repeats it and then it comes then a little bit more. So Feldenkrais was very aware of, of how important it is not to push from the head. So That's thank right. thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Oh, yeah. Good. I'm glad you recognize it. Yeah, the more you just simply attune more, and the resting is useful for that, the more you attune and listen more and more, your own um, organism, your own structure, you know, the body is hugely intelligent. Look at how it's organized itself into this. If you just listen into it, it starts to give you more and more of what it is looking for. You just have to listen very deeply into it. it it's got the whole show in there. Okay, so this is a, a, another pretty useful lesson, I think. What we want to do now is we're briefly going to go back into our small groups of three or maybe four. You can find some new people to connect with if you want. Um, and the last question on the uh, uh, Wisdom of Aging discussion questions is what did you learn in our day together that you, will find, that you can use that's useful for you in terms of aging. And it might have been in the meditation or the Feldenkrais or the conversations or all of that. We're going to take just five minutes to check in with each other and identify something that has been useful today that you can carry forward. And we'll ring a bell when we're done.
take a minute to finish up. Okay, you can stay with your groups if you want. <laughs> and and um, you can carry on this conversation also, but we're going to need to close. But stay in your groups for a moment. Does, if, if anybody has something they'd like to share before we move into the very last part of this, which is a loving-kindness meditation. You can raise your hand and we'll bring a mic over. Something you're taking away. Does anybody have anything they wish to share? I actually have a couple of announcements if I can interject here. Um, okay. If you're getting CE credit, please see me at the table outside the door afterwards. And we're also asking if it works for you to roll up your mats at the end. There'll be some volunteers over there to receive them. If, if that's too much, if you, if you don't want to be down rolling up your mats, just leave them. But if you can, we'd appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so um, you ready to just end with the meditation? Yeah. Okay. So everybody just find a comfortable position, which you probably know how to do now, with this little Feldenkrais adjustments. And we're going to do a very short loving-kindness meditation. So find a comfortable sitting position. Become aware of your breathing. And in whatever way seems to work for you, you find the words that work for you. Just give yourself a little bit of a blessing of loving kindness. So you could use the words like, may I be happy. May I be free from suffering. May I be peaceful. May I be filled with compassion. Just sending that intention through your whole body-mind. If you want, you can put your hand on your heart if that helps. Whatever works for you. Just having a sense that the whole body-mind is pervaded by a feeling of loving-kindness. May I be happy, may I be peaceful, 
May I be free from suffering. Just letting that intention wash over you. And then in the same way that you wish to be happy, just send that sense of happiness, loving kindness out to everybody in the room. You've shared a journey today. You've connected and supported each other in this exploration. May all of you be happy in the way that, same way that I wish to be peaceful and free from suffering. May all of you be free from suffering. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be free from suffering. And just letting the waves of loving kindness spread out and wash over everybody. Enveloping everybody. And let that then extend out into the rest of the world. Just sending waves of loving kindness out in all directions. As I wish to be happy and peaceful, may all beings be happy and peaceful. As I wish to be free from suffering, may all beings be free from suffering. As I wish to be filled with compassion and loving kindness, may all beings be filled with compassion and loving kindness. And just letting the waves of loving kindness spread out in all directions to every being. So that you just feel everything can experience is open to this message of loving kindness. And just letting that ripple on and on and on. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy. So thank you for coming today. It's been really fun to share this with you, this journey. If you want to be in touch, you can always be in touch with me and Wes too, through the, uh, my infos on the handout. Doing another Feldenkrais all day. I'm doing one um, that'll be a little more focused on Feldenkrais in December. It's on the schedule. And have fun exploring. I'd, I'd just like to say what an honor and privilege it is to teach with Dan, <laughs> and what a great teacher he is. I mean, just really <laughs> stunning. And I would say the same thing for my colleague. And I, I would add that if it weren't for Wes, this wouldn't be happening, because he's the one who set this up to do. So he's, he's made it happen. So... Um, 
Good luck for everybody. May you all be happy. And have a lot of fun moving around. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.